Yeah, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, come on, get your tokens, come and ride the Matt Skellington Skellington or Not podcast. Yeah, come on, that's right, we've got Thomas Gray on the show today, that's right, come on, get your tokens at the booth. Yeah, that's right, scream if you want the Skellington or Not game, come on, get your tokens at the booth. You have to be this high to ride, if you know what I mean, yeah, come on. Skellington or Not, I'm talking on it, and I'm probably drinking tea, shooting the breeze and the you care who could it be believe it or not it's just me hello scalivers non-scalivers and i hope soon to be scalivers i am matt skillington thank you for downloading this podcast every penny counts that doesn't make any sense in this context but i've said it now so uh, and it's true you know because pennies make pounds this week's guest is the very funny Thomas Gray. You've probably seen a viral video that he created in which he is playing a character, also called Thomas Gray, uh, that's come back from a stag do, and he's explaining the stag do as this kind of posh, naive chap. Um, I'm explaining it terribly, but if you pause this podcast and go to YouTube and type in Thomas Gray stag do, you can watch it there. Um, I also recommend you typing in Thomas Gray, Anthony Joshua. Uh, in which he he did a little video where he fights Anthony Joshua and chats to him a little bit. And it's just very entertaining to watch. And we, we do talk about that in the podcast. He's also had a show on BBC Three called Ladventures, where he went around as this Thomas Gray character talking to regular people. Um, and again, watch it, because the more I try and explain it, the more I, I make everything sound terrible, and it's really not. So, yeah, just watch, check it out. He's a really nice bloke, very down to earth. I was a little bit concerned that he might have been in character when I went to go and speak to him, but he wasn't at all. It was pure him, and I was a bit embarrassed to even to think that now. But um, yeah, he gave me his time, and he's a really nice guy. Anywho's, without further ados, I'll just play the interview, and you can have a listen for yourself. Thank you very much. I'll be back at the end of the episode, uh, plugging the usual crap that uh, you, you probably don't listen to. I mean, you maybe maybe you skip to the interview uh, straight away anyway, and you're not even listening to this, in which case you're never going to hear me. But if you are, thank you, a true Scaliva. Enjoy. This is Thomas Gray. Right, I'm starting off recording. Cool. <sighs> Who's that kinder egg? I, um, my flatmate went out to the shop, went to Aldi, and he asked me if I wanted anything, and I said, a Snickers, please. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, if you know much about Aldi, you'll know that they don't have very many branded products. No, so no. there was no Snickers, but there was this Kinder Egg, or Kinder Joy, as it seems to be called, which is strange, because that's a brand, but then maybe is that a European-friendly one that Aldi sell? I don't know. That's why I've got this. We can share it later when we finish. Surprise you not. Cracked it open. I well, know. it was just sort of something we could do to celebrate, you know. Some people okay. do champagne, some people crack open a Kinder Egg and then, assemb- and then assemble a toy. I'm up for that. I wonder what the toy is. Oh, should we open it now and see what the toy is and then we can sort of do it through the podcast? Yeah, yeah, we should. So, uh, Here I am providing segments for you. <coughs> Tom is opening what he thought was a Kinder Egg, but it's actually split into two. Oh, this is not. That's interesting, isn't it? This is not what. Oh, is it? oh, there is a toy. Okay, I'll explain. Half of the eggshell, which by the way, there's no chocolate and it's just the plastic casing has a toy in it, and then the other has what looks like vanilla-flavoured chocolate it, with two embedded, <laughs> what do you call them, truffle things. Are they, why don't you try one, see if it is a truffle? No, no, I'm not hungry. No, you don't want to be eating on a no, podcast either, no, do you? No, no. But the, say some what, things what is the toy? What, what is the <laughs> toy? Okay, so the toy, um, first glance, I'd say it's a, it's a surfboard. 
I think I, it, am I right? I think it's a beetle of sorts. It's what's that? Oh, I know what you do. You fill this with water. It's a surfboard. Yeah, look. All oh, right. That's rubbish, isn't it? What? And then blast it. Yeah. Do you know when my little brother was about um, ten? McDonald's tried to change um, the to- from um, the Happy Meal from having a toy to having a, an educational book. I think it lasted about a year. Obviously, there was. Did you say your your brother for... tried doing that? No, no, no. Just during his generation of getting ha- McDonald's Happy Meals, he was shafted for about a year. Oh, really? Yeah, they, uh, they they put in books. Yeah. How annoyed would you be? He's you. You got younger siblings, aren't you? I got th- I got um, three brothers and one sister. Yeah. And do you gang up on your sister? I don't gang up on my sister. No, that would be mad. I'm 31 years old. Yeah, that's true. I thought you were younger, actually. I do look a lot younger than I am. I How long have you been 31, then? I've been 31 for about four years now. Right. Um, but, uh, no, I've been 31 for a, a month, almost exactly. Actually, what's the date today? It's the... 22nd? Yeah, why not? OK, well, then it's exactly a month since my birthday. Same birthday as Stan Collymore. Different year. Ah! Yeah. Well, congratulations, and... Um, Thanks. What is it? Not condolences, late. Um, uh, but but um, um, what's it? What is it? Ber- Berates, but no. Bereavements, no. Belated. Belated. That's it. Happy belated birthday. Thank you, uh, Tom. Thank you for joining me on the podcast. It's okay. I was saying before I met you briefly after a gig that neither of us can really remember. I obviously remember more. Uh, I suppose I was caring more at the time. Well, I pretended not to remember in order to assert dominance over you when you came in, you see. So if I pretend I didn't recognise you, suddenly you're shifting around trying to impress me, and it worked. It did. Mm-hmm. I suppose I, that's exactly what's that's come out of this. Yeah. Uh, I'd seen you previously, and uh, I suppose it's one that we've got to talk about. You had a viral hit yep. back in... 19... <laughs> what year? <laughs> uh, when, when was this? 2012, maybe? 13? 2012, 2013. You played a, a, a character, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's safe to say, yeah. that had returned back from a stag do, yeah. and you were kind of commenting on the stag do itself. I was, yeah. To great hilarity. Thanks. That particular video looks like it actually looks like you've come in from a night out and recorded it. Was yeah. it was it pre-planned or was this something that you just blasted out? No, it's all it's pretty pre-planned. It's not. I mean, it is a character, but it's also not a particularly brilliant one. It's just me trying to think of a funny story and then acting like a child, really. But um, it was yeah. They used to. Uh, I used to be a teacher, so I think I was wearing what I'd been wearing as a teacher that day, and then I'd go up and write these things and then do them in my room. So it's pre-planned, yes, and it was and and. Um, but yeah, it was sort of heavily improvised as well. Where did you send it first? I didn't send it anywhere. I put it on. I wanted to uh, be a comedy writer, and so I was writing loads of stuff, and was getting nowhere. Obviously, which is understandable because you know you sort of need to prove yourself a little bit before people read your stuff and so on. And I was probably doing whatever my age was doing at the time, which was writing scripts about a bunch of nineteen-year-old boys living in a flat and thinking that was the most hilarious world in the world. Um, so uh, I just started. It sounds very cheesy, but um, it you know broadcast yourself. You, the YouTube broadcast yourself thing, and just started doing character things. And I remember you know reading the, of the likes of Coogan and Julia Davis and stuff that would just send tapes in back in the nineties. And um, so so started doing that. No one watched any of them except for friends who would comment cruelly underneath. <laughs> and then I actually bizarrely went on a stag do my first one, and it was in the countryside, and we didn't get um, there was no signal or anything. And when we got back, when I got back, it had something had happened and it had been viewed. I don't know how it happened still, but it had gone, you know, it started to generate views and stuff and, and comments. So I never really know how it happened, but um, 
It did. So someone got hold of it. And then well, it must have done. I think it went, it went through the universities quite first, I think. Ah, OK, yeah. And, uh, and then I think also it got picked up during maybe some sort of exam, uh, in a revision period or something, you know, people are keen for a distraction anyway. And, so, so, and yeah. did, you, did you celebrate when it hit a million? Uh, Is that something that people do with virals? No, I listen. Sure. I tell you what. I would celebrate that stuff if it can, if it translated into loads of money, like it seems to <laughs> for actual YouTubers. Uh, I'm sure it's great and it would mean stuff. I d- yeah, definitely would have. I definitely would have been proud when that happened. But also not really. I don't really understand it. And uh, it's had a lot more views since then. So it's almost so distant and so long ago. I can't quite remember the first mill. Yes. No. That's fair enough. And also, you know, I have to bring it up. I'm sure it's obviously done a lot since then. Well, but it might, might be something. I think you've done more. I think you've done some good stuff since then. I enjoyed the viral though, and I think Thanks. a lot of people would have seen that viral. And, yeah. and then, as with a lot of virals, they don't go, "Oh, I need to research this guy and, yeah. and look yeah. into him." Yeah. <clears throat> it just happens, and it's. Yeah. But it does help, I think, in terms of. Well, I think the other thing is, is that it was delib- the one thing that was quite intentional was um, it was my real name, which was then linked to my obviously real profiles, which aren't too removed from that character. You know, you can believe. The, I mean, it is it is him, isn't it? It's me, mm. um, and deliberately shot it in a really bad with bad lighting on a pretty bad camera. It's trying to look like a guy really keenly trying to become a YouTuber but not quite getting it. So, so because of that, I mean, that was it's probably part of its strength, but it's also it's part of its downfall because it did mean that people weren't instinctively. A lot of people thought um, it was just some idiot, you know. Ranting on the internet, which, yeah. which 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 was the intention as well, so so that was good, but it meant it's, it was difficult to generate uh, comeback or whatever you would call it. And I don't really know. And, and also, I you know for me it was it was ultimately it was a calling card for TV people to hopefully see and maybe be interested. It wasn't so much about becoming a YouTuber. So I never and I wish I did now. I think it was arrogant at the time, but I never did subscribe buttons or weekly schedules. And I could, probably could have made some money if I had, but through advertisements. Well, just through. Yeah, just through a, a regular generated, you know, if I put a video up now, it wouldn't get many mm. uh, hits. That's not a reflection on how I'm doing or anything. It's just that I haven't touched that channel in in a while. Because the other thing is you're not making money. And, and when people come knocking and projects can potentially develop and they offer you money, of course, you're going to sort of want to, you know, I stopped doing those things uh, in order to sort of maybe safe keep some stories. that I, Because I've got an ego, I'd be tempted to put out there and, you know, try and get instant gratification. So do you think... Because of that video going viral, did it help in terms of getting other work from the BBC, etc., in later life? Uh, it definitely helped because it had lots of views and and um, got shared on things like Unilad, which then got you know so so that that helped you a bit, doesn't it, going in? But it had it certainly it doesn't help. I don't think it's helped in in. You'd maybe assume it helped more than it has. I don't know. Maybe I did early on. It definitely gets you in the door, but then of course it's a very difficult thing to sell something once you're in the door. And we've developed a few, trying to develop a few things that character, and it's not really gone anywhere up until quite recently. But yeah, it's definitely helped. It's got me certain th- things, I think. Because that character is also your name as well, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Is it a dangerous thing to put your name under a character's name and then? Yeah. It, well, this is what I was saying earlier. I think it was incredibly naive of me at the time. I thought it was a cool ruse, um, because in that first wave of views. Um, part of it was people thought it was real, and and um, even you know this was such a short short-lived thing anyway, as, in terms of it being effectual. But if people clicked on my name, they would see the, the profile, and so there's a bit of confusion. In hindsight, yes, of course, I wish I'd called it something else. Um, it's it's very annoying. It also adds to the um, 
sometimes when you meet people and they're, uh, um, and they're a little bit wary of you, like, oh, oh, cool, yeah, no, I knew it was a, I just, it's interesting. Just, it's like, well, I, I think if I'd called it something else, it'd be much clearer. And also sometimes, and some of the later ones have been very late, you know, there's two things I think with trying to do this stuff is you want it to be, seem believable and real at the same time as sort of uh, sticking to a character. And I think, you know, there's, there's not a real... There was the initial look in those videos where it was a blazer and stuff, and then it sort of progressed and changed... And maybe again, I should have been more uh, wary of that. But you learn these things, and and, it, and at the end of the day, it is only the, it's, it's vlogs on the internet. So, yeah. so you learn it and you apply it to things that then matter. I think professionally, it's interesting that you say about um, how people uh, expect you to be. Because even like coming here, yeah, there was a, a bit of apprehension of me going, "What we're going to expect here is he? Can I can I talk to yeah. him, or is this going to be Thomas yeah. Gray the character?" Which is also understandable if you want to keep up a yeah. The ruse. It's um, it'll be arrogant to do that on this sort of thing. If I'd have had a huge, huge success with it, and I was on telly and my own whatever, then yeah, 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 I'd be yeah, tempted because at that point you've, you've you can back up your such I've, a bold I've, thing. But um, I, yeah, I'm not going to. That's what's great about the character. I think um, we'll talk more about what you've done with him. Mm -hmm. But him as an initial character is so good because it's it's just believable enough for people to get on board. Yeah. But if you're in on the joke, almost it's quite painful. To watch, so you did a, a series called The Lad Ventures, yeah, uh, with the BBC, with yeah. the with the BBC Three, yeah. So the one that really springs out for me is the pickup artists, yeah, that you did, yeah. Now I want to just congratulate you, <laughs> firstly, for having. I would have been terrified for the positions that you were put in. So you basically you were put with uh, a few of these genuine pickup artists yeah. that that claim that they can help you pick up women and that are charging quite a lot of money. And then essentially you went in there and just kind of took the piss, really. Yeah. But without them knowing at all. <laughs> but having to go to people on the streets and listen to these... I mean, are you at all terrified during these um, stunts, I suppose? Yeah, well, um, two things with that. That that thing with BBC Three um, wasn't really quite what it was supposed to be. It was That last episode, the pick-up one, was closer to the um, original idea, which was that... It was supposed to be a little bit of a piss take out of I don't know the the, the more traditional BBC document the BBC Three documentary Reggie Yates or Tiger Dew Honey all those things not yeah, a piss take yeah. out of that but the form yeah yeah and a bit more Ali G in that I'm sort of you know deadpan um, idiotically interviewing these people and sort of trying to get them to expose themselves first few episodes there was a bit of a I just you know it was the early days of BBC Three and I think just communication breakdown in some senses and you know the first few episodes found out just before going in that they all knew who I was and they'd see my videos because we'd sent them to them and so that kind of ruined the whole thing so you're having ah. to get them to sort of go along with it a little bit you know because you, you try and not sh and the other thing is, is no, nothing's cruel it's always, it's always showing myself up in that scenario making it embarrassing so it was you know it was always about um, I think I was always the sort of Target of, of uh, not always, but you know, it's 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 not really a, it wasn't really a cruel thing, but it made it difficult when they would happily go along, and it was very kind of them to do that. But you had to sort of create scenes a little bit. So, uh, but you know, this is maybe the you know this is the teething stages of a new thing. It was BBC Three, we were all quite new and young, and by that last episode, I think it was becoming more what we wanted. Which again, it wasn't at no point did I really mock them. I just let them talk, and people yeah like, yeah like those sorts of personalities that whose whose jobs are to bolster men's confidence when it seems that they themselves could do a little bit of you know it's just it's very funny and um well that's and, true like, yeah so like you said but throughout it you you never take the piss you go along with what they say and you kind of you're very friendly towards them 
I think it's like a deeper, it's a deeper level for, because I was looking at it going, oh, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, like initially my girlfriend was like, oh, Lad Adventures, that sounds a bit, and I was like, well, that's kind of, yeah. like he's taking the piss out yeah, of that Yeah, but there, whole... was, there, was, there was definitely a lost in, something lost in translation. The whole feel wasn't as acute as it was supposed to be. I mean, the first few weren't really what it was supposed to be. There was a delay in uh, making them um, between the, I think we made two and then, or three and then another one or two until I can't really remember. Uh, the whole team sort of changed during the process, um, and I'm you know sorry I sound like I'm completely ripping them apart. I'm just oh, no, to no, make no, the no. Co- to make the the link between that and some of the the more uh, sort of character stuff that, that I would want to do more and, and I've done online. It, it basically wasn't really that. It wasn't allowed to be that character, um, and I think a mistake I made was still trying to make it a little bit that character. Mm. Um, but the, you know you you learn and, and uh, but you genuinely uh, with the Essex boys, mm-hmm. it looked like you were. Genuinely throwing up in the ring when they were. Oh yeah, that was that was all real. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> large parts were yeah. Anything that looked like I was struggling or failing were, was was completely real. And yes, I do. Sorry to answer your question. My my, I'm I'm very um, very nervous really, uh, and that's not even a sort of um, you know, hiding behind this because I'm I like genuinely and and those going up on the street or. Uh, um, particularly the chat up lines with girls and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, of course, it's but you, but but you know. You're so also, you, do you think you were testing yourself a little bit there as well? N- not really. You, um, you're more nervous that uh, you. Uh, I don't know. It's like the adrenaline well, it's, takes it's, it's over. The, it's the blend between. See, improv. improv I really like improvised comedy. I think it's brilliant. And I think when you can interact with the public. It's really good and done well, but really working with half a script there, and you're improvising mm. something that might not improvise with you. So, it, it and, and when that happens and it's not funny, you feel quite stupid and exposed for trying to be funny and the bit didn't work. But it doesn't matter because you move on, you you do it. But no, I don't love that side of yeah of that stuff really. I actually found that episode, the pickup one. There was parts of that. Um, well, that's Chris Pooley, you know as well, don't you? Yeah, yeah. He directed that. Yeah. No, he he does a great job. I love that series. I think it's really yeah, entertaining. Thank um, and you're. To stay in character, and you just the little things that you do, the, the little smiles that you give, or I think it's all excellent stuff. But that particular episode with the pickup artist, uh, there was points where I had to kind of look away because I was cringing so bad. And my friend Ryan said that he actually had to pause it and go back to it <laughs> <laughs> because there was, was a bit where he talks to him, he t- tries to oh, tries to chat with an Italian girl. That's the bit, yeah. And it's just he's like, uh, <laughs> "Do you have a boyfriend?" And then he's and it's like are you, are you foreign, are you? Yeah, I could tell, I can tell. And he walks off and he catches the camera and literally just it was like the most. Per- it looks acted. Yeah. Um, it's that good. Yeah, that was a good bit. I like that. Was that? I mean, I suppose it's just lucky that it turned out like that. Mm-hmm. How how many of them did you record him talk? Like how many scenarios did you put? Well, him in? I mean, you know, it's one of those things, isn't it? You, you try to be objective and fair, but of course you've got an agenda, so you're not really. You're not, I'm not going to show him being successful, but also genuinely, he wasn't. I don't think. Yeah. In any of the instances, successful. Um, <laughs> I mean, it started by them like taking us to this sweet spot, and like we're just going to do the rounds of this like park. Oh, in Soho Square. Yeah, literally walked around like, four times and he just <laughs> yeah. came back. And, like, yeah, it's not, it's not going that. It's not going too well today. Let's go up to Oxford Street. So yeah, of course, obviously, Oxford Street go up there, and then they're a bit more confident, but. They're, they're confident because they're going up to girls that are walking at pace yeah. and they know that they can score points that count as attempts without it really seeming like a rejection. It was funny, it was just funny to watch. But yeah, that was that was just Chris on the other side of the road just filming as much as he you know, could. Yeah. Do you think they were annoyed at you when you got hit quite soon in? 
what the when you because you end up you talking to a girl like the oh, second girl yeah, you talk sorry. to uh, yeah um, no no because for that I think they were coming from an angle that it was selling their business mm, so there's, course, a, there's yeah. a little bit of even when people are you know deluded to that extent and have a sort of primitive view of gender relations you still don't want to you know you still don't want to sort of ruin their careers or anything but yeah they, they that that for them would look good because it looked, looked like their techniques would have worked but of course it was really just hey how's it going yeah because you finished it with like oh thanks guys you've yeah. really got to help yeah, me out yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were annoyed afterwards we got some flack from them after because I think they obviously you know it yeah. didn't sound down the river but we probably showed bits that they wouldn't have chosen to show yeah well but that's part and parcel of it isn't it kind of their own fault isn't it if they mm. want that free advertising it comes at a price when you're working with a comedy team oh my lord heavyweight champion of the world oh I know mate <sighs> Mr I was going to say AJ Simpson who's that Anthony Joshua aka AJ yeah aka numero uno well dos after our little scrap but yeah. I uh, I heard you battered him I d- well I, 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 I love that you heard that um, <laughs> I've seen the video could you explain what happened and how you ended up in the ring with Anthony Joshua for those I that... did a um, series of three videos for Unilad that was sponsoring a computer game sponsored by a computer game and as part of that one of the things I got to do was uh, box Anthony Joshua in the ring in his in his, 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 his what do you call it training mm. centre or whatever gym his gym that's it <laughs> his gym um, and uh, he was lovely he was really good yeah. And uh, how big is he in real life is oh, he a big man, lad like you know I couldn't look at his arms were not only huge but they were sculpted p- permanently mm. um, and he had a sort of uh, lycra you know under armour tight t-shirt thing on that showed everything and I looked <laughs> of course, well, you're and, only uh, human, I did, you know, and his arm was about three, three. I would say three times as wide as mine, maybe more. He and looks massive. He, um, I asked him. I said, "Look, if you know, if you punch me in the head, would you break my skull?" He's like, "No, no, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't, I wouldn't break your skull. I'd, I'd mush your brain. You'd probably die, but I wouldn't break your skull." <laughs> and then after, and then, and then he was just like, uh, "Can I hit you as hard as I want?" And I, he's like, mm, "And then he let me do it." And he's like, "Yeah, no problem." Um, oh really? And did you go for you? Cause well, yeah, because it's just you know, it's like just you just come off like a, it sort of bounces off him. But um, I love the fact that you proper went for it though. Oh, well, it was you, the best way to do it. Well, yeah, because you know that it's like a little kid hitting his dad, and just you know, it was it was funny. He um, it was lovely that at the end of one of the producers, she was a her dad is a boxing fan, and I think she sort of nervously was like, I just you know, can we just get one photo with everyone? Um, and he was he was like, yeah, of course, no worries. Then called his guy and was like, come. Um, Hey man, bring my camera over. I want to get a photo as well. Didn't want a photo at all. It was just really good management of people because it seemed like he was kind of. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it was like, so yeah. he was very professional. He was really nice, really kind. Laughed at stuff. Allowed us to to take the mic a bit. And uh, and yeah, I mean, it was three, it was a morning. It was three hours. Quite a quick little turnaround, but um, did all right online. I think that video. That's a good one though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tom. Yes. So um, this podcast is called Matt Skellington's Believe It or Not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, initially people are saying, why is it called Scleave It or Not? It, it makes sense they'd ask that. Numero uno. Mm-hmm. I just like the name. Okay. Yes, it, it comes across as a little self-indulgent. Some, I was getting some hate mail saying, you know, I want you to put a bit of a spin on the game, uh, on the on the podcast. That's some pretty pretty fair hate mail, to be honest, if that's what they're saying. That was all it was, uh, but the problem is there's no fan mail, it's purely just yeah, right. how can I make this podcast better. You're a difficult correspondence if that's well, hate mail. <laughs> the, the last two, the last two, I've incorporated the 
um, Scalive It or Not, the game. Sure. Where I asked questions about myself. Okay. And they had to Scalive It or Not. Great. Now, after two, I realised that I can't continue making up, the, talking about, well, not just, I mean, the idea is I'll talk about myself. That's, that's uh, the self-indulgence that I love. Mm-hmm. But Same. I run out of things. I've not done that much. <laughs> okay. I, 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 you know. Yeah. And on my last episode, I pretty much... Okay, you've exhausted. I've exhausted it. But, but... Go on. I haven't listened to the last episode yet, so you could use it again, and <laughs> it would still be as fresh to me. Also, a very quick question. Yeah? Are you presenting me with facts, and I'm guessing whether it's true or false? Because I know what not is, but I don't really know what Scaliva is yet. Does Scaliva basically mean, uh, translated into English, believe it? Yes. Okay, okay, cool. Uh, that's the rules of the game. Sure. So, But what I've done now is I've taken real facts, okay. mixed them with my own... Wow. Facts. Great and up. you've got to... That way, I can do it forever. Okay. Whereas, I'm running out of things to say about myself. Cool. Um, are you willing to participate in the game? Uh, no. <sighs> yeah, of course. Go on. Oh, thank God for that. Go on. So, I've got six questions, and you need to answer, skill it, or, or not. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, theme tune. Would you skill it and not the game? Would you believe it or not? Okay, <clears throat> here we go. Question one. If a female ferret doesn't have sex in a year, it dies. Believe it or not? Or not? I can actually say that. That is believe. That's believe. That's true. I don't believe that. I don't. Honestly, you can't believe it, can you? No. No. If they don't have sex in a year, all their insides go all bad. Wow. And they die. It's quite sad, really. So, wow. If it happened with humans, then we'd have like a... Might have been dead years ago. <laughs> we'd have a pretty sexy race, I think, wouldn't we? Well, we'd have a pretty scared single population. <laughs> yeah. We? yeah, actually, yeah. Wouldn't be any nuns. No, it'd be miserable. Oh, actually, yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Religion would go down the pan. Well, not religion, just, just the nunneries and monasteries. Yeah. And then the, the uh, clergy that are part of the Catholic Church and don't marry. Worth the rest a thought. of them would be fine. Worth a thought. Thanks. I'm enjoying this game. Be like Logan's run. I wish I'd skilled it though. Damn it. Yeah, but that's the thing. They're tough. Mm. Tom, in Ibiza, the banter bus is recognised as an official mode of transport. Skilled it or not? Can I ask you to qualify something? Yes. And um, what, what's a banter bus? A banter bus specific. It, I mean, I, I, obviously I know, but like, what do you think it is? What do I think? <laughs> All aboard the banter bus. It's a bus that young men and young women can get on, have a good time, drink alcohol, and and spill lots of banter. Okay, I'm going to say, I skilleve it. <laughs> you skilleve it. Yeah. I'm afraid that is oh, or not. On, come on. <laughs> come on. So you got two wrong in a row. How do you think you'll do on the third? Probably get it wrong. Let's go. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> Okay, Tom. Yeah. Bluefinch semen is as poisonous to humans as cobra venom. <laughs> it's a it's a tough one. And, uh, so, okay. The bluefinch. Oh, right, okay. I got blue and semen, then I giggled. Bluefinch mm. semen. The bluefinch, the, the bird, the bluefinch. Yeah. yeah, of course, man. Its yeah. semen is as, as poisonous to humans as cobra venom is to okay. humans. I'd love to meet the guy that, like, discovered this. Ask him his methods. Um, pro- I am going to skilleve it. You're going to skilleve that, okay? <laughs> That's actually or not that one. Uh, your imagination <laughs> is impressive. 
Really impressive. Can we do like several takes of this so I've got a few right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay. There's only six questions, don't worry. We're halfway through. Question four. Sean Connery wore a toupee in all of his James Bond movies. I don't believe it. Or not. <laughs> or not. Mate, it's Scalive. Are you kidding? It's true. No way. James Bond had a toupee. I did hear that he rubbed ice on his nipples to make them hard for the scenes because they, they, they moobed, much like someone someone I know. I mean, me. as far as the research I put in there, it was okay. it was popping up. Okay. So what we're basically saying is James Bond, the epitome of masculinity, was actually bald and had tits. Yes. Okay. And died last year. And Sean Connery died last year? No, Roger Moore died. Get your so sorry. Stop yeah. getting Bond wrong. That's yeah. Um, <laughs> Twitter's in a meltdown right now. That are oh, Twitter. My Do you Twitter. To the Skellig or not? Bit when he is he is it right? Is it is it true? <laughs> I'm sure someone's going to do a research and go, oh, he's wrong. And I'll go if that right. Okay, if anyone's listening and does the research and proves me wrong, and I want hard evidence, yeah. I will retract and I will give you that point. Will that mostly just be out of pure shock that someone's written in to do it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Same as me, that's what I'd do. Get me some... How many Twitter followers have you got? <sighs> be honest. You're not bragging because I've asked you. Okay, well, it wouldn't be a brag anyway, really. Right. N- I think is it over 1,000? It's over 10,000. Is not, it? But it's not much more than that. How many, have you, how many have you got? I've got... Loser. I've got, like... I think it's... 100 and... Something. 13? 113. I had that once. <laughs> over 10,000? Keep working at it, kid. You've got to retweet this podcast when it's out. Yeah, of course, man, I will. Listen, question five. Écoutez. For a point. Where? Steve Jobs Point. used to soak his feet in the company toilets to relieve stress. Skelligate. What do I do? What is it called? Skelivit. Skelivit. I skelive it. That's true. Yes. And that, and that is actually in his authorised biography. Well, I mean, no one's going to question that, are they? No. So that's one out of six so Although far. Although he could be exaggerating to seem kooky and different, but still, you're not going to prove it wrong. He's dead. He is dead. Did you? I watched that film the other day, Jobs, with um, Michael Fassbender. He seemed like a horrible man. Steve Jobs. Michael Fassbender. No, Steve Jobs. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Michael uh, Fassbender. Yeah. I need to watch that. I've heard it's a good film. What do you yeah. think? I think it's a great film. I just I've only just realised now that I've matured in life because I've never thought that Fassbender was a funny word. Funny mm. name, but it is, isn't it? Fastbender. As a kid, I'd have laughed at that. It's like Last of the Airbenders, isn't it? Yeah. It's Last of the Benders. Yeah. Final question for you, Tom. Cool. Nicholas Cage has back massages using numerous live crabs. I don't believe it. You think that's or not? Or not. What makes you so confident? Because um, I think uh, I'm impressed with your level of where, where you can go imaginatively, and I think that could be something you've come up with. You're right. Yeah. I'm going to shake Tom's hand. He's got two out of six. Yeah. So, I mean, get off. it's more. not worth that much. Okay, so just um, had, a, had a sweaty palm, so it's quite nice to oh. distill some of that onto oh, your, thanks for that, your, your skin. Um, so that was Matt Skillington's Skeleve It or Not, The Game. Would you Skeleve It or Not, The Game? Would you Skeleve It or Not? So, you did your show yeah. with BBC Three. Yeah. Have you stayed friends with BBC Three? Are you working on anything with the BBC? I'm not working what on... What can you talk about with me right now? Uh, I'm not working on anything with the BBC, no. Of course, I'm still friends with them. I am, at the moment, we have a, um, a write with a guy called Timon Woodward, a comedy writer, and we are we have a development 
deal with Tiger Aspect uh, on a script about a bunch of angels, which hopefully will be funny. Um, and uh, we've got uh, we've also got Jack Weissel on board producing, which will hopefully be good for us. Because Amazing. Hopefully, that'll, I don't think he's produced much before, but it'll help us, you know, coattails and all. Yeah. Um, and then we've just actually last week got the sort of signed off go ahead on a thing that we're doing Channel 4, which is a sort of, uh, it's about a bunch of delivery drivers in London working for a company called Fetch, which we thought was the most derogatory name we could come up with, kind of <laughs> delivery type company. Um, and the app will go, hey boy. Um, and so uh, that's exciting. So that's what I was, that's why we did, I had to delay today by an hour or so, because I just was trying to condense a few pages on it, but that's all going ahead, so it's really exciting. And yeah, just working on those things. Sweet as a nut. And then, uh, what else have I done? I was in France last week, filming a TV, an American TV show called Patriot. Um, I was uh, one of the lead roles, it was a store clerk, clerk rather, um, It was in the scene for about two minutes and said one line. What accent did you go for? Oh mate, it was honestly, like, I'm good at accents. Was it I can, I, give me any, any region I can do an accent in this country, more or less. Well I you did... Sorry, I was just saying I cannot. Do, I, American is difficult. So I, the scene started, and uh, it was this reconstructed Seven Eleven, Texan Seven Eleven from nineteen ninety in the middle of Paris. Oh, and it starts, and I've been waiting all day, obviously, and it begins, and we do it, and the director's in the room, and he comes back, he's like, "Hey man, that was that was really good stuff, really good stuff. Um, let's let's get in the American accents now, guys." So yeah, and Lee's, and I just like. It's such a minor role that it's just it's just funny and also you know he's the guy that picked me he saw my tape it's his fault if I can't do it <laughs> so it was line by line oh, it was fine man. I got it but it was what region was it you say was it Texan oh well it was Texan and then it just became generic and then it just became I, I don't know Welsh <laughs> um, <laughs> so so it was it was funny but um you do a killer new um I can do I can do Newcastle pretty well because mm-hmm. my whole family's from up there like is that what it is yeah. Um, and I can do some others, but 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 not very good at uh, American, which is so frustrating, really, because that's where all the all this. It's stuff interesting, is. Tom. Um, when you were a little bambino, mm-hmm. a young lad, Aye. were you at school terrified of everyday life, or were you at the front of the class saying, "I'm a good writer, and you lot will listen"? What a horrible kid that would be to. Yeah. Well, no, I was. Uh, I was. I was always quite cheeky, and naughty. Um, and then I think, uh, but, but then you know the age of sort of twelve, thirteen, where girls become women before boys become men, um, and they start dating boys four years above you and stuff, and just that whole period. I remember becoming very uh, much more nervous and, and 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 not not really, but sort of on the inside of it. But, yeah, I've always had a, sense, a sort of bravado a little bit, but mm. but uh, that can like anyone that can change. You could be a nervous wreck in some situations and very confident in others. So. So you went, but you went into teaching uh-huh. before you decided you wanted to. No, do... I went into te- I, I I was at university and then I went away, had a job for a bit. Um, it was quite fun going around the world, and then I went back to do a. Um, I got in. I was supposed to do a masters in in a in a uh, university in a university in a sort of department of history, but the place I applied to was too expensive. And I'd also played to Durham, where my family lived, so I decided to go there and was there for about four months, no, two months maybe, and dropped out because I just, you know, I think I'd been away from university for a while. I had also, it felt like I'd gone back home and everyone else had gone to live their lives, but I was still taking the same bus route I took to school sixth form. And oh, so yeah, I lived there yeah. as well. So so sort of dropped out and uh, always wanted to write comedy, yeah. And uh, as I was doing that, I was moved to London for a bit, really getting anywhere, and then... 
yeah, took a job teaching for a bit. I think I, I think I was keen to have something in case this didn't work out, you know, yeah. just that you could go back to do. So I did it for a year and a half and enjoyed it. Taught medieval history to little kids that loved stories of blood and guts and stuff, so it was fun. But um, Horrible, horrible history. Horrible history. Because one of the things that I cover in sometimes in this podcast is yeah. like how it can be quite tough when you want to dedicate yourself to something creative especially mm-hmm. well comedy or music or mm-hmm. something that's quite difficult to I suppose form a kind of living from how how do you find it at the moment I suppose you're you're kind of taking off a bit at the moment and do you struggle at all or are you kind of like so I've yeah this I, is I've, piss I've, easy. <coughs> no for the last for the last year I've lived here and I've had a bit more work and been able to afford, be able to afford to do that. But for three years, I was uh, in London homeless, mm. sleeping on. Um, sorry, that's a real uh, loose use of the word homeless, isn't it? But I, I, I was. I was lucky enough to have friends' sofas I could sleep on. But it was a rotation system. Sometimes it was, you know, having to get up at seven in the morning with them, but not really having anywhere to go, having any money. Um, it was a lot of walk, walk, walking around London all the time to get to auditions or get to anything. Also, like a lot of, not laziness, but inactivity on my part. I found it difficult to work out how, where to go next mm. uh, other than wait for responses for things. Um, and it's obviously very tempting to, you know, during this time, of course, I'd work other like cousin as a photo um, booth company thing that I used to go and work for t- from time to time. But yeah, it was a proper, proper struggle. Um, and I, you know, I think, sound quite posh and well-spoken and do have quite a bit of f- few friends from university who sort of maybe are, come from uh, richer families live in London they can maybe afford to do this sort of thing I don't really have that um, mm. my dad's a teacher my pe- family are brilliant but my dad's a teacher my mum's a nurse and I'm one of five so it's not you can't yeah. it's a good thing but you can't just live off handouts and simultaneously for large chunks wasn't working or I'd get money for a job and then have that I'd have to stretch out for as long as possible to the point where you know you're sort of working out whether you can afford a, a bus or, or whether you should use that to get some food that you know all those sorts of things but that's you know the temptation and it is to romanticize that in your own head and it's very easy to do on reflection to sort of make yourself sound prouder yeah. of your journey and i think people do do that but it's also true that was the case yeah it's happened so, isn't it? yeah so so yeah at the, at the moment i'm fine in that i can afford my rent yeah <laughs> yeah i live in london and um, we've got jobs on the go that pay so so that's nice um, well doing what you want to do when it's taking time so yeah it's great to hear mm. um like i said i've followed you from your start mm. of your comedy career yeah. um and it's really good to know that you've got stuff in the pipeline it all me, sounds yeah. very exciting and um you know well, i think the best thing i mean with that <coughs> we got lucky because we we didn't have any money but we went out with pulled in loads of favours and both the projects that we work on now we made little tasters of and put them on the internet and I think that helps because you realise so often and you know I'm sure other people in comedy listen to this will know that it, it's very difficult to get across quite the nuance of what you're writing sometimes unless you're a brilliant writer which not many of us are I suppose but quite what you mean and ha- having a visual aid to that you know something mm. to show and even though the things we made were on no budget rushed with no script it, it gives a mood of what you're trying to do and I think I think that helped a lot um, and sped things up a bit because it's been, you know, I've had probably six sort of things in development now and paid a little money for a little bit of money, but then none of them have come to anything, as I'm sure you're yeah. aware happens all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so it's it, just sticking with it, isn't it? And just, yeah, you know, if there's any young whippersnappers, um, fans of comedy, you'd 
tell them. I'm a first of all, I'm not a f- f- comedian, man. I'm not a, not a stand-up. I'm not mm. a, um, um, a, a writer, and, I'm a, and I do I try and do my own thing. But I'm not really stand-up, so I can give anyone advice on how to get into sketch or or stand-up character or anything, anything live. But just as a principle for life, I think it's stick with it. And also, you can work. You know, don't go and try and work a career job and do comedy, but you can go and work quite easily and. You know, I'd say the financial security. If I could go back, I would have gone and got a permanent job rather than struggling along, um, just because the security of that allows you then to do things a bit with a bit more. But then also with that as well, you, it saps your energy, doesn't it? That, that's what I mean. I mean, like literally, you know, I'd, some, I'd do two, three days a week when I could or whatever with that other thing, and that would allow me to sort of survive. But I think part of me in my head was constantly not going f- for uh, jobs that might have been a bit more given a bit more sort of time mm. um, because I would convince myself well if I do that then I, I'll, I'll, I'll give up on this and actually I think it's not really the case the more productive you are the more productive you are the more pro- you know it sort of yeah. it affects it itself so um, I think you can the, the great thing is, is at the moment is that you can genuinely I think um, it's not necessarily the same for actors or, or you know, straight actors or whatever because um well, maybe it is. I don't really know, but you know, comedy does lend itself to this modern window that we have, which is the internet. You can generate support and do it. Um, lots of people have, and it's a good thing to go alongside. You know, just building up. I mean, it's the only route I really went for and did all right. But um, we're lucky in that sense. But then yeah. also we're unlucky because it's so saturated that it's difficult to stand out in that environment. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, it's it's made a difference from when the Pythons, whatever, were sending VHSs in. Yeah. And now you have so many platforms that there is so, you know... Yeah. You can be an office guy with lots of viral vids out. I mean, it's kind of good that it's given opportunities to that. Yeah. But for writers, performers, who want to make a living out of it, basically... Yeah. It is a little bit scary, but you kind of just hope that we have the advantage that we start a little earlier. I mean, we've been, like, we've been making videos for a long time. Mm-hmm. And the biggest one for us, I think, for me, speaking as an individual, persistence is something that you, you can't... That's something that separates a lot. Yeah, well, someone said the other day, you know, talking in motivational quotes now, but um, success, successful people are the people that failed the most. And mm-hmm. I think that's quite a good way of looking at it, and I don't attribute that to myself at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but... but uh, but but it's, but it's something to sort of reflect on and shame a little bit, isn't it? When you you know think of your own efforts and stuff. But it's true. Yeah. So you've got to be you've got to be bold to do that. And I certainly don't. Uh, I wish I I wish I could apply that to doing live stuff, which I'm wanting to do again. But yeah, definitely, it's a different art form. It's a different sort of. Mm. It's a more exposed space. It's not something I'm comfortable with or, or whatever. But you know, to throw a Steve Martin quote in while we're doing quotes, mm-hmm. um, he said. Persistence is a good alternative to talent. Yes, that's good. Or something like that. Yeah, it's just exactly. It's the same sort of thing. I think you can. Yeah. Yeah. Work hard and. Just well, listen, hope. mate. I'm going to um, wrap this bad boy up. Cool. Thank you. Not at all. For having me in your abode, and like I said, I wish you all the best with the, the stuff in the future, and I look forward to seeing it. Oh, thanks, man. Well, same to you. And I hope we catch up soon. Absolutely. I'll get the last word in. I'll get the last word in. <laughs> Thomas Gray there. A pleasure to chat to him and want to thank him once again for his time. And 
I'm sure you'll be seeing a lot more of him on your telly box or your internet box or your laptop box. A very talented man. Or your phone box. So I've got some new reasons why you should follow my comedy group Seldom Differ on The Sociables. Uh, it's because we've got a new episode of our online mini sitcom. It's, it's daft. Behind the curtains. That'll be coming out very soon. And if you follow us on Facebook, then you'll be notified when it's when it's launched. So you can just sit back, relax, uh, you know, not, not, not have to worry for weeks on end thinking you might have missed it. Also, why not add Schedule Healing on Facebook? We've just recently had another one of them. It was another sellout. It was another great night. So uh, you should definitely come down to the next one. I'll be promoting that as and when through the different you know, social medias, you could say. So again, at Matt Skellington, get me on that. And you should come down for an excellent night of, of sketch comedy. A big thank you to my producer, Ryan Howes. Skill even yourself and each other. And until next time, bye-bye. Follow me on Twitter, at Matt Skellington. Follow my comedy group too, at Seldom Differ Comedy. And you can get me on Instagram, baby. Skill leave it or not, I've just talked on air. And I've probably drunk my tea. I've chatted the breeze in my hope that you cared. Who could it have been? Skill leave it or not, it was just me. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Good night. <laughs>